Often it's the bad experiences that inspire us to create new ventures. That's certainly the case for Rebecca Cole. She and some friends were threatened on a night out and felt helpless. So she decided to do something about it, launching Fearless Keychains. These nifty pocket-sized gadgets feature a criminal deterrent spray, safety alarm torch, spring-loaded window breaker and seatbelt cutter to help people feel safer walking alone at night. Today on Sound Advice, get year one in business right, brought to you by Sage. She will talk about how she has sold 4,000 of these in just one year, how social media helped her scale and how she's coping with the dodgy copycats. Rebecca, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Tell me, what have you what have you been up to this morning? What have we interrupted with this recording? Just work, work, work. That's all I seem to do. Orders, orders. <laughs> Are you one of these founders that's up at like half past five? Yes. Yes. Guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> In which case, I'm glad we're doing this because this is almost like downtime Yeah, it's you. a break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Coffee break yeah. and chat. So Rebecca, tell me the backstory. How did Fearless Keychains come about? Okay, so... I was, I used to be a dental nurse. So I was working your normal nine to five job. And I was scrolling through TikTok as most people do nowadays. And I discovered a product that was in America. And I low-key wanted one of these products that I found. And I soon came to find that they're illegal here. And I wasn't willing to take any kind of any kind of risks. Um, So I started to look to see if there was something similar in the UK that somebody was already making and I could not find anything. So I guess I seen a little gap in the market and it kind of just like spiraled from there. And this was a personal safety product, right? So tell me about what what was going on in your life, in your friends' lives that made you feel like you wanted to have some sort of backup plan, personal safety, something you had in your pocket. Um, was there an experience or, or or just a kind of vibe that was affecting you? I feel like, especially girls, like from a really young age, we're taught to like not walk alone and like hold your keys in your fingers, like don't go out like after dark or whatever. Um, so there's always like that nervousness about going out by yourself. But I went out with my friends into London and we had a little bit of a um, uncomfortable experience with some unwanted attention that left us feeling a little bit intimidated, um, which kind of like sparked me to like look into what was out there. And at that time, all I could find that was legal was a safety alarm. That's the only thing that we're allowed to carry as a form of self-defense. And then, as I said, this product come off my For You page and I was like, wow, this is something that I would love. Um, and yeah, so I had to do like my research and things from there. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things that you have that one experience and then it kind of leaves you like looking over your shoulder, walking with your torch on your phone. And that's just like, it's no way to live really, is it? <laughs> No, absolutely. And so you you got inspired by this American product and then you started looking to create your own that was legal in the UK. So tell me about that journey. How tricky was it to actually not just work out what you can carry and and stay within the rules, but also how how on earth you would source those particular products to that spec? Firstly, with the research and things, there's so many um, conflicting things um, in regards to self-defense. Firstly, 
there's some forums that state that you can carry a, a knife under certain inches and things like that, but you can't use it for self-defense. You can only use it for opening boxes, cutting letters. Like there was, it was always a really gray area. So I just stayed away from all of those kinds of things and only went looking for the types of things that I knew that I could rely on that were 100% legal that I knew that people were not going to get in any kind of trouble for um so the research in itself took about six months um with regards to sourcing my products I sourced them from all over the spray that I sell it comes from the UK because it had to be a UK legal product so that is sourced from the UK but most I source from abroad in bulk but yeah some of the items I make handmade so it's kind of like a little bit of like everything (laughs) well yeah tell me what's on the ketone so if you if you go to your store and you buy the classic fearless ketone what's on there and what are the purposes of these different tools Sure. So firstly, you have a wristlet, which I make by hand, and that is designed for you to number one, keep all of the equipment in one place. So it's easy to carry firstly. And also it means that you have different pieces of equipment all in one place for different, different situations. The first thing that I would say is criminal deterrent we'll call it because it's not self-defense as such is I do a criminal identification spray so what that will do is it will mark an attacker in a bright red dye and this will stain their skin and their clothes it also has a UV fluorescent dye which is not detectable by the naked eye but it is visible under police equipment and lastly it has a very foul odor in it so that is a deterrent to the attacker hopefully to get them to turn away from you giving you vital seconds to run so I have that on the keychains and it comes in a little pouch so you can carry it around a safety alarm which of course is pretty um, standard with safety and self-defense in the UK Um, I have a spring loaded window breaker which is a car safety tool it has a hidden blade inside which again it is UK legal and what it is designed to do is it will cut your seatbelt if you get into a car accident sometimes you can't gain access to the buckle or if you need to let's say get a baby out of a car seat really quickly you can slice off the harness so that comes on it a little torch which is usb rechargeable so you never have to worry about batteries and yeah that's all of the i do other ones that have like little bits and bobs on it but that's the safety aspect of the equipment that i can offer legally and do you get feedback from your customers saying, I mean, do people, are people using these things? And have you been able to save people from yes. horrible experiences because they've had this in their pocket? Yeah, so I, I've had a couple of people reach out to me. This is not something I try not to share on social media because it is such a personal experience. But I do have people reach out to me and say... Um, asking replacement sprays first of all where they've had to use their spray in an emergency and even though I don't um, make the spray or manufacture the spray I have a very close relationship with my supplier so any feedback on that is great and from what I've heard from my customers is really helped them in situations Um, but yeah this is something it's really hard to hear you have to have quite like um I do, I get a bit emotional and a bit sensitive about things. And when I think about people actually having to use these products, it makes my heart hurt a little bit. But um, yeah, there has been situations where unfortunately people have had to use the equipment. You want it to be a deterrent. You hope that they never end up in a situation where they actually have to use it. I totally understand. 
Um, so you said it was six months research and then you buy a lot of the products in bulk. Can you share with us um, how much did you have to invest in getting this business off the ground? Could you start really small and then build slowly or did you need to kind of put down wham? As I said before I did Fearless, I was a dental nurse. So I was actually a trainee dental nurse. So I was on minimum wage. I wasn't big bucks. I didn't have loads of money to be investing in a business. So it got to a point where my job, I was really unhappy in my job and it was starting to affect me mentally in the sense, you know, when you get that feeling where it's like, I just don't want to go to work and it's like, it gives you like anxiety. So I knew there was something that I needed to do. It wasn't, it wasn't a life that I was happy with. So I saved what I could. I do have a little one as well at home. So obviously like every penny counts and I managed to scrape together a thousand pounds. And that is, that is how much I started Fearless with. Now, I didn't really know anyone. I didn't have anyone to promote my product. I didn't have anyone to promote my business. So everything I have literally done like by myself. So it's definitely proof that if you put your mind to it you don't have to have all this money behind you you don't have to have all these people behind you it is harder I'm not going to be the one to sit here and say oh yeah it's going to work for everyone and it's going to be quick and easy but it's definitely possible 100% because you even do all the design so when I was looking through your shop there's all these amazing colors and really they really pop they're so cute as well oh, for something you. that's actually self-defense <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. something you would be like yeah have in your pocket yeah so how did you teach yourself design did you already have a passion for art or something previously so I've always been quite a creative person and even the wristlets I can actually get someone to make them but I kind of just enjoy making them like I have always been like quite creative and quite arty in that sense but all of those patterns that you see there that they have only been about for about six seven months previous to that I was buying designs that were already available with my wholesaler um, because when you're getting things customized it's more money you have to because you have to buy it in bulk so I did have to save for a long time but I knew that that was something that I wanted to do to make my product stand out was to have everything like customized to something that I've chosen so then nobody else like has it um but yeah so that was something that I've just introduced to the business which has worked really well and you're still making all of them right yes yep yep And that's something that I want to continue to do as well. Even as Fearless grows, I still want to keep that. It gives like that personal experience, do you know what I mean? Rather than me just buying everything already made, it gives that little touch, do you know what I mean? Mm. You feel closer to your product and therefore your customers when you're actually physically involved. Yeah. Um, And can you share with with me how how quickly this business has grown because you've only been around for a year but do you have any numbers like how many keychains you've sold or or turnover anything you can share to show the scale you're at now yeah sure so with so how the business grew I was very fortunate enough I did blow up on TikTok you know the the viral video I did I was very very fortunate and that did boost my business um so it sort of went from nothing to big quite quickly which again in itself I was not prepared for it's quite a um, shock to the system Um, there's lots of ways that you need to get around things if you've got lots of people demanding your products but then it's just little old you um, like working by yourself and you want to make sure that you reach all these people that in itself is quite um, an obstacle to get over I've sold 
just over 4,000 in the year. So I've made just over 4,000. But again, I feel like if this was something I was buying pre-made, it probably could have been more. It's due to how many I can make in the time that I'm given. I reached my six-figure mark in December last year. So the business generated um, six figures in sales in December. So that would have been the eighth month in. A lot of it is thanks to TikTok. I didn't really do any other advertising or anything because where it just, I put my first video on TikTok, it generated interest and it kind of blew up from there. I didn't really have time to advertise anywhere else. So everything came from TikTok, really. Can you break down for our listeners? I know this is audio, so it's tricky, but yeah. what, what went in that video? Why did it go viral? What was it that captured people's imaginations? I think, do you know what it is? Is I did have a bit of an advantage in this is because this product wasn't available here. This wasn't something that was selling here. And everybody, and I mean everybody that was commenting on my videos, they were like, oh, I seen the one in America and I really wanted it, but it had pepper spray, it had a knife, it had a taser and all of these things. So everyone had seen them in America and they were already searching. Um, Whereas I think I did have a little bit of an advantage in that sense. But I do, like one of the things that I've always stuck by in business is sell something that people can't get anywhere else. And that doesn't mean um, you have to invent a whole new product. What it means is you take a product that already exists, but make it way different, way, way, way different. There is so many people out there that have different wants, different needs, different desires. And it's like, if you're seeing one business doing well and you're like, oh, I want to do that exact thing. And then you're copying that business you're going to have a really hard time convincing their customers to shop with you. They've already got a reputation. They're already established. But if you take what they're selling and put your own spin on it, whether it's the colour, the patterns, the product, you are then reaching a whole different target audience. And then rather than you trying to outdo somebody, you're both succeeding and that's something even now there is more and more of these companies, safety keychain companies coming up. Try and just be different and then everyone can succeed. No, that's really great advice. And it's a, and it's a kind of easier route to market because you know there's 100%. already demand out there. So that's yeah. really smart. Um, and just, yeah, just about that TikTok video. So did you just demonstrate what your product could do? Was that all it took? Or did you need to do something that took a bit more thought or scripting? Yeah, so initially what it was is before I had any of the items, um, because sourcing them from abroad, they obviously take a few weeks to come here. So I set up a TikTok prior to me being um, open, so like selling anything. And I was sharing facts about what it was that I was trying to achieve with my business. So the the story behind my business, what it was that I stood for, my work ethic, things like that. Just getting my name out there, just saying that this is what I want to do. This is going to be launching this, this and this. And I had about a thousand followers before I sold one product. So the more you get your name out there and the more you get your... um, business out there the easier it will be even prior to opening you don't have to have the product there like say what it is you're doing tell everyone um show them if you can um so I did have about a thousand people already there at that point and then it was a video like you said a demonstration of the keychain the equipment what it did and it just it that is what blew do you have to spend a lot of time 
on social media, on TikTok, in order to kind of maintain momentum? Does that take up a lot of your time now or or is it just like minimal? Initially, when I started, I was really on TikTok. Like I was posting like two, three times a day, like consistent with it. But as the business grew, that did get harder because my time was being focused on sales rather than making videos. Um, But like I said, I started the business by myself. So it was something that I had to grow. So as I was, because I did, I started off with six keychains. Could you believe? On the 14th of April last year, that was all I had to sell. That was my thousand pounds. That was my thousand pounds. I had six keychains and they sold out within about 10 minutes. Um, so I so I took that money and then I could buy 20 I took that money and buy 50 and like grew it from there so in the early stages I did have more time to be posting on TikTok and things like that but when I started hitting about 150 to make a week it did become like harder um but I feel like once you get your foot in the door on TikTok your videos are constantly being reached out and this is why I love TikTok is that even now I've got videos from like last year that people are still liking now so it is still coming up on their for you page which is I think when if you utilize TikTok really well it can really make your business like grow yeah it's not like a lot of the other media platforms where it's kind of when it's gone it's gone and people don't tend to scroll back or they won't be they won't see it again that's really good to know yeah exactly exactly and Rebecca have you made any mistakes along the way anything so many well can you share one or two (laughs) and like what so what went what was the mistake what went wrong and then what did you learn from that so I had no business experience whatsoever and I feel like there were so many things that I was doing that were taking up so much of my time that I I didn't even like realize there was like a quicker way and like shipping I remember when I first started I got my first 100 orders and I was buying one shipping label on PayPal like one buying one buying and it took me 16 hours 16 (laughs) hours and then I figured out on Royal Mail I can do it all in one go (laughs) batch order in 10 minutes I was like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but lots of little things like that that I had to learn. But there's there's been times that I've I haven't ordered a product. Um, let's say um I do these GPS safety alarms, which basically when they're activated, they'll send your location to your emergency contact. Um and I had one on my website that I didn't have in stock at home. Somebody bought it, and I'm a very firm believer in try not to let your mistakes affect the customer so do everything you can to try and figure it out before you approach your customer and say oh by the way like I'm not gonna lie I messed up but you have to be honest but I actually bought one of the alarms on Amazon for like four times what I pay and I shipped it to my customer because I didn't want to be like oh I'm really sorry like I didn't have the alarm um so yeah there's loads like loads of little things like that some costly some not but you are gonna make mistakes but you have to you have to know that that is okay, especially if you're someone like me that has no business experience. You're not going to have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I figured everything out as I went along. I didn't have anyone to go to for advice. You have to learn these mistakes, but it is okay to make them. It's interesting though that you say you have no business experience, but you clearly have very strong business instincts because your feelings about like, right, I'm not going to say anything in a public forum that I don't want to reflect, yeah. that might reflect badly yeah. on my business. I'm, I'm going to always put the customer yeah 
I'm a first. I'm not going to let them see when I've made a mistake. That is, those yeah. instincts are very strong entrepreneurial. So did you, did you kind of hone that as you've gone along or do you feel like you just had a good sense for these things? My personality in itself, I am quite, um, I'm a people pleaser. So it is it is hard for me to, to if someone asks me to do something, I'll do it. I'm just one of those people, um, which isn't always a good thing, but my ethics have always been quite strong in the sense that I, I will go above and beyond. And I feel like it does help in business because you've got two ways of going about it. You can go the route of trying to rectify the mistake without affecting the customer, or you can just own up, which again is it, it's okay to hold your hand up and say, oh, I made the mistake. And if I couldn't have done anything about it, I would have had to have gone mm. with that option. But I do try my absolute best to not let it affect the customer. It will always be a last resort. And we hear a lot about sort of authenticity, especially when it comes to um, how you speak to people on social media. You've got a definite voice. Like when you yeah. read your website, you can you can hear your voice you can see it in your socials did you spend much time working out what that tone was going to be or is this just like completely unfiltered Rebecca Cole yeah no it's it is completely unfiltered I'm not gonna lie when you have something and I feel like when you find that passion you'll know it everyone is capable of this but you need to find what it is that you're passionate about and it takes I've done do you know what I've done bath bombs I've done so many little side hustles that it was just not for me and and that's okay you have to get out there and you have to try these things otherwise you're not gonna know um but but when, no, when you find that thing that you're passionate about, there is nothing that can stop you. But yeah, it has to click and you will know it. You just have to get your feet in the water, try little things, have a look, see what's out there. Or oh, I might like to try baking. Try it. If you don't like it, move on to the next thing. Failure is okay. It's how you deal with it and like pick yourself back up afterwards. Tell me about some of these side hustles. Bath bombs, you say. So what other things <laughs> yes. have you tried to yeah. sell over the years? So um, I, I've tried um, baking. So again, it's something, there are things that are harder to try, um, especially when it comes to food, food hygiene, things like that. You you probably do want to have like your qualification or work towards your qualification in that. But I did want to think about, you know, making cakes and like, you know, like the big birthday cakes and things like that. Because again, I am quite creative. But there was a lot, there was a lot involved in it that wasn't for me in the sense of it's not the hard work that scares me. It was like, mm. do I want, to do it kind of thing like do I want to put in this hard work if it's not going to make me happy so that was a a flop and then I tried wax melts and again like wax melts is something that is really hard to get your name out there there is quite a few established companies you've got like Yankee Candle big 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 companies so that in itself um, was quite hard so that flopped and then I did bath bombs and again like there's a lot behind it that you don't know until you you have to have cosmetic assessments you have you have to have your recipe assessed and things like that so it's it's not about being scared of the hard work it's about the hard work being the right thing for you because mm. then it won't really feel like hard work when I look back on this business I'm like how did I even like how like I there's things that I just I don't know how I did it but I just did it because I wanted to do it because it was what I had passion for and how many so this is your first like actual business but how many experiments do you reckon that you did to get here so I I would say I had a good five but I didn't sell anything ever (laughs) like nothing no serious like I did I did I was not successful (laughs) they they were they flopped (laughs) and then just 
just finally, Rebecca, one more question, which is, can you tell me about the absolute number one highlight that you've experienced being a business owner? What's been the best moment for you so far? Like, this is going to sound so cliche, but I... So on my checkout, there's a little box where it says like, leave me a note. And sometimes like people put in there, can I have a pink safety alarm instead of a black one or whatever, whatever. But every single day, there is an order at some point that will come through with an essay on it that says about like how much this product means to them. And I, I... I'm telling you now, hand on heart, I cry still to this day at every single one of those messages that people take the time out to write about how much this product is going to give them the independence and like the freedom. I actually feel like I'm going to cry now. But like it's, it is so like overwhelming because like you just think of yourself as this nobody, um, just this one person business and you're having such an impact on other people's lives to the point that they can go out like by themselves and like live their life and that's all like down to you like so still to this day I feel like as cliche as it sounds like every day that in itself is my highlight oh Rebecca you are so far from a nobody you're an absolute dynamo and what an amazing business <laughs> you feel like you're cry? gonna set me off I can see you getting so emotional but that is a beautiful highlight no <laughs> you're not loser. thank you for being on this show I've loved thank talking you. to you thank you I've loved talking to you too thank you to Rebecca for being an exceptional guest I can't wait to see where she goes from here and a reminder that the show notes and lots of related content are up on sage.com slash podcast. So your journey with Rebecca doesn't have to end here. As always, Sage is on all the social channels. So let us know what you think of the show using the hashtag soundadvicepodcast. See you soon.